It's wonderful to be back here. Things have changed, but some things have stayed the same. Um, I come here, Malcolm makes fun of me, that's normal for Harefield, and thank God for that. Catherine was helping the, uh, the music not fall off the piano. Wonderful worship. And, um, but many of you are different, and we thank God for that. I recognize some faces, um, but there's a lot of you that are different and uh, from many different nations. But we, Catherine and I were students, first of all, at All Nations Christian College, and we were there, studying there. We went to Sierra Leone, came back, studied there again. And then we were at Harefield, and we were community pastors, I think from, with Harefield, I think from 2007 until 2012. And we thank God for that time. We thank God for how um, things changed and developed in the church. And we praise him for that. But then God led us um, to go out to Africa. And first of all, we went to Congo, and then God led us to Burundi. Um, do you know where Burundi is? In the middle, sort of central east Africa. You've probably heard of Rwanda. It's just south of Rwanda. And Burundi is about a little bit bigger than the size of Wales. So it's quite a small country for Africa, and it's quite unique in that there's only one, uh, one indigenous language in, uh, in Burundi called Kirundi. And whereas most other, or nearly all other African countries, they have many, many different indigenous languages. But they also speak French as well. So uh, that's uh, Catherine and I. Our two boys have disappeared. There was, oh, Jacques, right at the back there. He's there. Asher's gone out with the kids. Um, and uh, we adopted them in Burundi years ago now. I can't remember what year it was. But we thank God for them. When we were here, um, we didn't have children, but uh, God led us to Burundi and to adopt those two beautiful boys, and we thank God for them. And that's a picture of us in the hills in Burundi. Burundi's really hilly. Um, you can see the fields of tea behind there. And, uh, yeah. Let's see. So this is, you can see where Burundi is, on the, that flag on the map and some pictures of Burundi. Burundians are known for uh, Burundian drummers. They dance and play the drums with the, carrying them on their heads. They're about 12 or 13 kilos, those drums. Amazing. 50 kilos, a lot heavier than I thought, um, on their heads. And they're dancing with them, and, and their legs are going up to about here while, while they're dancing. It's amazing. Um, Jack likes the Burundian drummers. Okay, over to Catherine. Do you want me to do this? Um, what do I need to do? Which button? Back off. Right, if I can conquer the technology, then we're good to go. Um, okay. So just to give you a bit of background, so Coca-Cola, a few years ago, had this as their marketing strap line. I think some of you might have heard this before, so don't do the spoiler alert. So, a Coke in the hand of every person on the planet. And they started using the most incredible ways to distribute Coke around the place, into far unreached places. Stephen has sat in the middle of the rainforest in Congo, in a village we walked to for four hours, and had a bottle of Coke. You know, it's amazing the way they've got it out there. And now only 4% of the world's population cannot get a handle on a Coke. 
Okay? Now, people around the world who have not heard of Jesus, it's not that they don't have a Bible, it's not that they don't have a church, it's that they haven't ever heard the name of Jesus. What we call unreached people groups. Now, Coke, marketing team, this is what we've got to do. We've got to get Coke out there to everybody. Now, what about us as a church? Are we as desperate to get Jesus out to everybody in the world? Because if Coke can do it, surely we can as well. So what percentage of the world's population do you reckon hasn't heard about Jesus? Bearing in mind, Coca-Cola, it's only 4%. Can't actually get their hands on it. Ideas from the floor. (laughs) Give us a guess. Go on, Barry. Seven. Sorry, I'm slightly deaf 70. Seven zero. Seven zero. Jack's trying to put his hand up. (laughs) Anybody else? What percentage haven't heard of Jesus? 20? Any advance? 10? Jack? Oh, he was obviously watching last time. (laughs) It's actually 42%. So just under half of the world's population hasn't heard about Jesus. And I find that amazing and shameful at the same time. Because I know that I am not desperate to tell people about Jesus when I meet them on the street. But this isn't people who might have heard the name of Jesus, you know, because they've heard about a church. This is people who have not had a chance to hear about Jesus. And those red dots show where most of those people groups are. And so we're with WEC International, the church planting mission, and we're part of WEC, a specific ministry of WEC called Acts 13. Over to So Catherine mentioned we're part of a mission called WEC International. Um, WEC stands for Worldwide Evangelization for Christ. And it was started by a a crazy Englishman who played cricket. It was the England captain for cricket. He won the Ashes when they played Australia. And in 1913, he went out to Congo, what was the Belgian Congo, now the Democratic Republic of Congo. And he went out to share the gospel with people who didn't know about Jesus. And um, WEC International started in 1913. Recently, um, we've realized that we need... WEC is a big mission. We have about 2,000 members of WEC working in about 90 countries around the world. And we have people coming from about 80 different countries, the nationality of our members from 80 different countries. So we're worldwide, but we still have a a low number of people who are Africans coming into WEC. And we want more of that. So the vision is of Acts 13 is that we'll work with the African churches so that they can send missionaries to other places. Maybe it's a good time. Let's turn in our Bibles to the chapter, Acts chapter 13. You've got your Bible there or on your phone or wherever you keep it. I don't know if you can get it on your watches now, the Bible. I don't know. But uh, I've got an old style Bible. 
we look at the first few verses, um, because this is why um, uh, the ministry that we're working with is named Acts 13, because of the first three verses of that chapter in the Bible. I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation. Acts 13, chapter... Sorry, Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Among the prophets and teachers of the church in Antioch of, of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Maniam, the childhood companion of King Herod, Antipas, and Saul. I should have put my glasses on. One day, as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work I have for them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So you see in the church, this is describing what was happening in the church in Antioch. The church in Antioch had five leaders who were prophets and teachers, probably pastors and, and preachers. They had five people. Paul and Barnabas, or Saul and Barnabas, as Paul is called there, Saul, they were chosen as apostles to go out um, as missionaries, to go into Europe and other places in Asia to share the gospel. And three other leaders of the church, one is called Simeon, called the black man. He was an African. Lucius from Cyrene. Cyrene is in Libya. So Simeon and Lucius were from Africa. And then there was Maniam, who was probably a Jew because he was a childhood companion of King Herod. Um, so the three of them, including two Africans, they laid hands on Paul and Barnabas. They anointed them. They ordained them to go out. And we see this as a model of the Af what, we can, what God is doing with the African churches. And we want to humbly come alongside those churches so that they can, the African leaders can lay hands on their, some of their other leaders in their churches to send them out as missionaries to other countries. And we're seeing that starting already. In Acts 13, we already have uh, missionaries who've gone out to Asia and to continental Europe um, to share the gospel and to, to other parts in Africa. Um, God is already working among those churches to send out um, Africans with Acts 13. And if they go with other missions, we praise God too also. Um, we thank God that this is starting and we believe that there's going to be a flood of missionaries going out. So we're committed to walk alongside and work with churches in Africa so that they can send out cross-cultural workers to the unreached. Like many churches, a lot of the churches in Africa, they are really good at evangelizing to their own people groups, their own tribes, or within their own cities. And we praise God for that. And we want, to, we want them to keep doing that. But we also know that God is calling them to send people out to other countries, to other people groups, to work cross-culturally um, in that. And that is where we can come alongside them and uh, work with them so that they can successfully do that. So sometimes we use the, uh, 
the letters of uh, acts to describe what we do. But African, cross-cultural, so as I said, it's looking at people going to other countries or working in other countries. Training, we provide training for the churches and also for those that are going to be missionaries or cross-cultural workers. And we provide training for them so that they can go out well and then work with the churches so that they can send them and they can come with us to join a team. We have teams, I mentioned we work in 90 countries around the world. We have teams around the world that they can join and can accept them into their teams. Um, multicultural teams is, that we, is the way we work. So in WEC, uh, the teams that people will go to will be multi-denominational and multicultural and multi-generational as well. And then the 13 is that uh, we're named after the 13th chapter in Acts. And these are the main things that we do. Um, in some countries, uh, a lot of the countries, we're doing mission awareness. Some churches in Africa, they say missionaries came from Europe 200 years ago. They told us just to stay where we are, do evangelism where we are, because they, the Europeans were the ones that were going to go around the world. And we say, no, we want it to be different now. We know that God has called the African church to be part of the Great Commission not just to go to Judea, but to go to Samaria and the ends of the earth as well. Um, so we're helping the churches realize that maybe what they were taught or what they thought they were taught in the past is not biblical and that they can be part of the Great Commission to go out to the whole world. And then we're mobilizing, we're helping them and preparing them um, to go and the churches to be able to successfully send people. And then we're caring working with our church, the, ch the churches that we're partnering with so that they can care for their missionaries. Ah, see a nice mugshot of me there with my brother Alois. So Alois is Burundian. Um, he's our neighbor. We didn't know he's our neighbor until we got to know him. Uh, he's about 15 minutes away. Alois and I... And uh, Catherine and his wife, Arlene, we are the leaders of Acts 13 in East Africa. And we oversee and coordinate the work throughout the East African community. Uh, I'm going to share a bit about the different countries um, that we work in in a bit. Um, but Alois, um, obviously, he knows the culture better than me. Um, he helps me know when I've made a cultural blunder. Um, and uh, we work together very closely um, in, in working in East Africa. He knows the languages better than me, um, but together we are co-leading um, the work. And often um, our wives stay at home and looking after the children, and we're going out um, visiting different countries. Some, most of the time together, but sometimes uh, it's just one of us that goes. Um, yeah, so Alois and I are leading the work in East Africa. Our leaders are based in Ghana, and they oversee the work in all of Africa. This is some of the work that we do. Um, so developing leaders. Um, Alois is, is working on this. He, he, he has some materials that is helping and develop um, the church pastors and leaders in their churches, helping them um, uh, be able to lead their churches more effectively. 
mobilizing churches, giving them a mission vision. Here on the, on the left, the bottom left, you can see me um, helping a church in Congo um, find ways um, to, uh, to be able to send people out. And sh- I was sharing them with them then about the need for missionaries. And then also there are many churches that we work with um, where there are many new believers. And we provide training for their pastors um, to be able to disciple their churches or their, their church leaders to be able to disciple the people in their churches so that then the people become disciples and then we can train them in, uh, in mission or cross-cultural training so that they're able to be um, effective missionaries. There's some other things we do. Business as mission. Some people... Um, some people, churches we're working with, they say we can't be involved in mission because we're too poor. And alloys, I thank God for alloys because it's much better that he as an African is saying this. He comes alongside the churches and says, what have you got in your hands? You can start a small business. You can have a small farm or a, a small shop. Um, alloys does this by example. He has a pharmacy. His wife was actually employed by a pharmacy. She was a manager of a pharmacy, sell it you know, selling the medicines and that. And he, God said to him, why, why is she employed? She can't come to the mission meetings because she's working. Um, she has to, she's doing everything in, in, in leading this pharmacy. God said to him, I want, you, I want you to start a pharmacy. So he started a pharmacy and his wife is now the manager of the pharmacy that he owns. She can come to the mission meetings because she can choose when she's working and they're getting the profit from the pharmacy. So we praise God for that. Um, by example, Alloys is, is helping other people have small businesses so they, can come to, so they can support their own families. They can come to the church, support their churches, and they can come to mission meetings and support missionaries and give to missionaries. So he has a network. And at the moment, they have about 15 different businesses in Burundi that are all giving a percentage of their profits to mission um, for Burundians to go out. And then mentoring leaders as well. You can see in the bottom, bottom right. In, in Africa, um, you know, if I'm going to church or meetings or anything, I rarely wear shorts. That's not, that's not really appropriate there. Um, a lot of people will say, if you're wearing shorts, you're dressed like a child. Um, but I thought when we were going out running... It would be appropriate to wear shorts. Um, so that's me on the right there in, in shorts. But as you can see, the other men didn't wear shorts. So I learned that day that even if you're doing sports, that it's better for me to, to cover up um, those legs. But that's one of the cultural things I learned. Over to Catherine. As Stephen says, he's often away. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm at home. Um, But that doesn't mean that um, there's not things that God can lead you to do when you're in that place. Um, And one of the things we, in Burundi, there's there's a fairly, compared with a lot of other places, there's a fairly small missionary community. And so what God really put in my heart was, what about the kids? These missionary children, it's not their choice they're there. Well, I mean, our two were born out there. But it, it's not their choice. It's their parents' choice, and they're there. 
Often they go to church and it's in a language they don't understand. Sunday school is, can be very different in different places in the world. It's not necessarily hands-on and active learning. It can be sitting and listening. You imagine sitting, age six, for an hour, listening in a language you don't actually understand and you're not allowed to move because you're meant to be sitting. And so we just felt, actually, let's get these kids together just like once every couple of months and let's run a club that disciples them, that teaches them about Jesus and also helps them think about their role in mission. And so, yeah, some things don't change. It's a bit warmer over there from when I was running around doing the same thing here and there's fewer kids. But actually, intentionally discipling these missionary children as a community because they're all at different places, they all live in different places and just getting them together to do that um, is a real joy. And then I've also, ever since we went out to Burundi in 2015, um, I've been involved with this organisation, New Generation Burundi. It's small, it's a local NGO run by a lovely Christian guy. Um, And it's discipleship. And it's mentoring young people, but specifically young people who've been on the street. Giudone was a street kid. He ended up on the streets during the war. And he just, that's his heart, is to work with these kids and to grow them into young leaders um, who are believers and who will do amazing things, but with God's standard as theirs. Um, Now, for me, that ends up being a whole range of stuff, from literacy training to running kids' clubs to um, setting up a library to coaching and mentoring the leaders who are street kids who are now in their 20s and you know are leading the work um, and also this particular interesting little one was um, they've been involved with Street Kid World Cup for a number of years and Street Kid World Cup which was football has now decided they'd also like to do cricket and Giudone just said to me I don't suppose you know anything about cricket do you and I was like, well, I used to play, but a long time ago. Turns out I was the only Brit in the UK who knew anything. No, I was the only Brit in Burundi who knew anything about cricket. So I end up coaching the Burundi team. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to explain bowling? Um, thankfully, the LBW rule was not included in Street Kid World Cup. But this was me turning up when I was told, oh, well, can you just come and run a training session? I'm like, uh, yeah, what do you want? Just basic stuff. Okay, fine, how many? Uh, be about 15. I ended up with 60 street kids. We only had one hospitalization, which was what I was quite pleased about. Um, yeah, and he only had a few stitches and was fine. But it's being flexible. It's all about that. And also just seeing these kids grow in their faith, discovering who Jesus is. Um, and that he has a purpose for their lives. Um, And then I also, but I can only do this when Stephen's in the country, I'm also involved with the clinic up country. Um, They they have a, the cries of a child, they have a a clinic and a um, children's houses, a children's village, if you like. Um, So I actually go and I've I've been working with the mamas in the children's village, um, just coming alongside them, they, they've had a lot of these kids since they were tiny. And they were two and three years old, and people love a two and three year old because they're so lovely. When those two and three year olds get to be sort of stroppy 14, 15, 16 year olds, they're not so keen 
And so they've had me kind of being an ear to the mamas and just trying to, with a background in not having my kids on that old yet, but having worked with a lot of teenagers, just being able to say, actually, that, that's just teenagers. That's how their brains work. It's not personal. And let's think of some strategies that are biblical and based on Christ's relationship and desire for us to work with these young kids. And I also work with this fantastic set of clinic staff on the right. They are just a delight. They're all following the Lord, and they all feel called to bring God's light into their clinic work. But that also means that some of the kind of normal things that happen, like, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you an injection. Just that kind of stuff, actually, to be able to say, well, there are different ways of perhaps talking with kids and trying to get them calm. Because if you want to be able to take a blood pressure level, uh, maybe stressing them out that much isn't the trick. So that's me also, up country. Um, excuse me. And as Stephen said, um, Acts 13 is, is st- that was what we've been sort of involved in in Burundi. And then after we went back in, well, around COVID time actually, when everything else was being shut down, that was when God sort of opened the doors to develop it across East Africa. Okay, so as I mentioned before, Alois and myself are all overseeing the work in East Africa, and these are the countries that we're working in. And you can see Tanzania, Congo, Burundi and Rwanda in the middle, the small countries, Uganda, Kenya, and South Sudan. And one of us has been... One of us has been to all of those countries, um, working with churches, um, walking alongside those churches. And we praise God. I've just come back, sorry, about 10 days ago, maybe two weeks ago, I came back from Tanzania, um, where I was with um, our leaders who come over from Ghana. Alois came over from from, uh, Burundi. And together in a place called Moshi, just uh, near Kilimanjaro, um, Mount Kilimanjaro, um, we had a training. To, they'd asked, these guys had asked us to come and train them to help them to be mission mobilizers um, within Tanzania. So these guys now, all of them, apart from the children, all of them are associates with WEC International. Uh, we've got Frank and Edith, Felix and Noella, Stanley and Gift, and uh, they're gifted people who are doing amazing work there, pastors, university lecturers, um, and uh, former missionaries, um, and they're doing amazing things. Felix was uh, working with the Hadzabe people, um, uh, unreached people group in Tanzania, and their main food was baboons, so he's actually been there and done that, and uh, um, he, he spent years with them, and they're still an unreached people group, and he believes that the church that he started with the Hadzabe people, that is the only church um, with that people group. Um, they don't have a building um, because they move around, but they are a group of believers in that, in that uh, people group who are praising Jesus. They are brothers and sisters, and we praise God for that. But now he's back and inspiring the churches around Lake, um, Lake Victoria to be sending more missionaries. And he's already working with them. And he, he was doing mission mobilization before he even knew about Acts 13. 
And then he asked us if he could join with us. And we were privileged to, to have him as part of the team. So these guys are in Tanzania and we thank God for them. And there is uh, Felix on the left there. And these, this group of people, he was running a retreat for missionaries, caring for the missionaries, uh, Tanzanian missionaries that had been sent out to unreached people groups to share the love of Jesus, to share the truth of Jesus with them, um, those other people groups. And there he is, Felix is caring for those people, giving them a retreat. In Congo, these two pastors, Alembe and Kogoro, are in a place called Uvira. Uvira is just over the border in Congo from Burundi. And um, I was there training um, their churches. One of their churches has already sent out many missionaries within Congo to other people groups within Congo. And they want to be sending them um, further to other countries as well. So we're working with them to see how God will lead them to be sending people further. Gagoro's church, been there for a number of times, um, training the people there. We also have started work in Kenya. Dixon is one of our mobilizers in Kenya. And Rwanda and Alois has visited South Sudan. Um, the problem we have um, between Burundi and Rwanda is that, that politically they, the countries don't get on well. So they keep closing the land border which makes it really difficult for our mobilizers in Burundi to go to Rwanda. So um, really appreciate if you could pray for that, for that issue of a land border being closed. That, that disrupts the work. We had a number of people who were interested in becoming uh, mission mobilizers with Acts 13 in Rwanda. We're still in contact with them, but we're unable to travel freely by land um, between those countries. South Sudan. Alloys went out um, to meet uh, some uh, Africans who'd gone there as missionaries to start churches in South Sudan um, in, uh, with people from North Sudan in that area and they, they'd done a great work but also he went there to find out how to start the churches in South Sudan thinking about sending South Sudanese as missionaries. They've got a way to go. The churches are just starting to think about that. But we praise God that that, that started because we want also South Sudanese to be sent out as missionaries too. So that's an overview, really, of what we're doing in the different countries in, uh, in East Africa. I have some prayer points there. For the teams to grow in unity. Sometimes the churches we're working with um, they want us just to work with their church or their group and when we're trying to work with a number of different groups. Pray for unity and that people will, will want to work together with the other churches in their areas. And pray that the African churches will rise up and send out their good people like the church in Antioch sent out Saul and Barnabas, two of their leaders they sent out as apostles, as missionaries to go out Pray that uh, the church would rise up. We know that it is the time for Africa. You know, in Europe, we've been sending missionaries for some hundreds of years now. Africa is starting and has sent some um, good missionaries, and we praise God for that. But we believe there's going to be a, a the floodgates are going to open. There's going to be many more 
missionaries going out from the churches in Africa. And we know that God is going to be doing that soon. Ah, when we, we came back to England, we're based, normally we're living in Burundi. We came back um, to the UK um, for the summer holidays for the boys in July and August. We were coming back for six or seven weeks. And then on a climbing frame with the boys, my, I dislocated my shoulder really badly. And it's been a recurring dislocation. I need an operation now um, to, to stabilize my shoulder. Um, they said it, after I've had the operation, it, sh- it should be fine. And it will probably never come out again unless I go back to playing rugby or going over the handlebars on my bike or some traumatic event. But then if I have a traumatic event, it could break my arm. So, um, you know, that, an operation like that is going to do uh, me a world of good and make me not worry about um, dislocating it. So uh, the consultant said I'm free to travel. Um, I'm planning, so I've been to Tanzania in about 10 days' time. I'm flying to Burundi for three weeks to meet our guys there, spend time with alloys um, and sort things out there, uh, renew our visas probably, and um, those sorts of things. I think when Stephen says it was like a bit of a dislocation, so it's come out numerous times, okay? It came out in the forest in Congo and like, you know, lying on the mud floor, sort of 20 minutes coming back in. Okay, it's back in, all right, just kind of sleep like that and just don't use your arm too much for a couple of weeks. This time it was out for six and a half hours and it took a team of five of them to sedate him in casualty and get it back in again. and then there were problems afterwards. So it's, it's a big thing. And basically, we've been advised, if that happens in Burundi, you're going to have to be medevaced out, which we can't do. Um, and that's why we're here. And the surgery requires him to be kind of not traveling and just in one place for about three to four months afterwards. So going back and coming back and going again, when you've got two kids at school age and you don't have the courage to homeschool, um, is... Is, is it's an issue and hence the unexpected deviation so when all this happened it happened two weeks before we were due to go back to Burundi we'd already got the stuff we'd started packing we were ready everything was planned and then all of a sudden well I don't think I was quite that calm at that point in time it's taken time um, and and one of the things that you know I think it was I don't know, numerous people have asked me, so how do you feel about it? And it was like, well, if you'd asked me in September or October last year, you'd have caught someone fighting it. How can we get back? How can we get back there? How can we carry on? How can we get back to normal life? And, and actually, God's really challenged us because that's not an option at the moment. Going back to our home and where we know where it works because we don't really know how Britain works anymore. Sorry. <laughs> it's... it's kind of foreign to us um, but that's not an option and one thing that's been a real challenge to me sorry wrong way I'm holding it upside down that's fine and that hopefully will go forward this verse from Isaiah I'm about to do a brand new thing and the reason why this really challenged me was because God said, okay, you can either carry on fighting it 
Or you can look for the opportunities of where I have put you for this season. Opportunities, the kids are learning English. They were at a French school in Burundi. No idea how this is all going to work out. But you know what? This is no surprise to God. See the opportunities that they've got at the moment to learn English, which isn't just me attempting to teach them. You know, the opportunities that we have to, to share about what God is doing in using the strength of the African church, the vibrancy, the desire, the passion. We've got the chance to share that. It's looking for the opportunities that God is giving us here, now in this season. New things, new school for the boys. It's not the school they were in when we were in the UK before, because that's full. So is the schools in the next village down the road. So they're at a school eight miles away from where we live, and they love it. It's a tiny little village school, but they love it, don't you? Um, new weather. Yeah, winter always comes as a bit of a shock, doesn't it? Not so much the cold and the damp, yeah, but also it's grey. Wow. I just said to Stephen the other day, I miss colour, because everything's dead, and I've forgotten that it, it's dead for quite a while, isn't it? So you Brits, you're doing amazingly, coping with the greyness, really. Um, and new homes. In January, we moved into our third home since September. You know? And new ways of working, as Stephen said. You know, how can you work, carry on the work with the relationships? How can he carry on encouraging these teams? But actually, one of the things is, well, here you are, guys. You know? And the stuff that he's been doing in Tanzania just those two weeks ago, that team is amazing. And that team came out of nowhere. But they are all just so excited about what they're doing. They've got the networks and they are, they've just hit the ground running. And so it's so encouraging to see that actually they're released and God is there. He, this comes as no surprise to him. You know? And how it all fits together, I've got no idea. You know, when we'll be back out in Burundi, I've got no idea. We're on a waiting list for surgery. And it will happen when it happens, but it will happen at the moment that God knows. And it will happen at the moment that God has decided. So it's his sovereignty, trusting in that all the way. Am I on again? I think I've turned it on rather than turn it off. Yes, I have. Good. So this was the trip I did in, um, in February. It's still February, isn't it? Yeah, earlier this month um, to uh, Moshi. And uh, these are the guys um, that we provided training for. And they've all become associates with, with WEC International now and are our, our mobilizers in Tanzania. Um, we have a vision for all of East Africa to have teams like this and even bigger teams of local people, local leaders like these guys um, going to ch and others um, who, are, who are inspired by the, the mission that, that churches could be involved in to be sharing with the churches, to helping the churches prepare to send missionaries and helping to train missionaries. 
These are the guys who, uh, who keep me straight when I'm in Tanzania, um, help me know what culturally to do, um, and uh, that sort of thing. In Burundi, when you're meeting a woman, you, you go down and you, and you sort of, um, you know in France where they, do the, the, where they kiss on the cheeks? It's not like that. You sort of give them hugs. Whereas in Tanzania, you don't, you don't go that close to a woman. You sort of shake her, her hand like that. So there's things like that that I'm learning um, that are appropriate in the different countries. And uh, they, they keep me straight. But they're great guys. Um, we're wanting to raise up their capacity to, to, to do amazing things with the churches in Tanzania. And as I said, we want teams like this throughout um, all the countries that we have in East Africa. And we know that God wants that too. God has a vision for the churches throughout this region to be sending out more and more missionaries. So that's part of the training that we went to do. We also had a couple, Isaiah and Catherine, on the, on the left here, um, who, will be, uh, who, are, um, who joined as associates also. Um, to be. They came from Kenya by land. Um, by bus. I think they had to get uh, four buses changing at different places to arrive um, in Moshi. And they joined us um, to be trained and to become um, associates of WEC also and, be, and join our team in, in Kenya. Great. And we've got some prayer points um, to leave with you. It's great to be able to share and what we're doing with you, but we also, it's not just about us, it's what God is doing, and about all these Africans who are coming together to work together with us. Some people say, why, uh, why are you going out to Africa? Africa's very Christian. Why are you going there? They don't need missionaries anymore. But our guys on the ground are saying, we want to work with people like you. We want to work together with people like you so that we can be involved fully in mission, in cross-cultural mission, so that we can be sending people to the ends of the earth. Catherine mentioned about those places around the world, um, in Asia, Middle East, North Africa, where, where there's very few Christians and very few churches. The church in, in Africa and our brothers and sisters who we're working with, they want Africans to be sent out to those places. As I say, it's starting, and we believe there's going to be many, many more. So I want to leave these prayer points with you, praying for our Tanzanian team. We thank God for them, and we, pray for, we want to pray that um, they'll continue to work well together. For good communication um, with the leaders on the ground and between me and the, and the guys there, if someone in Burundi wants to speak to someone in person, I have to contact Alloys and him or one of the other mobilizers has to go and do it. I can't do that anymore um, in person. I, can, uh, I thank God for WhatsApp and Zoom and all that sort of stuff. Other messaging services are available. But uh, I thank God for them because I can phone them. I can see them on my telephone or on my computer. But it's different from being face-to-face. And please pray for us as a family as we adapt, um, as we work out um, where we're going to be. Pray that we'll be able to stay in this, the place we are at until we go back to Burundi. Um, yeah, and we just thank you, God. We thank God for what he's doing, and we thank you for your prayers. I just want to pray to finish. Is this the last slide, Catherine?
Good. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for how you are moving things forward for the church in Africa, Lord. We thank you that this is the time for Africa to be sending out more. And we thank God for what you are doing. We thank you for our brothers and sisters there who are rising up and starting to prepare the churches there to be sending. We thank you, Lord God. And we thank you that Harefield is part of that, Lord. We thank you that, that for the support that Harefield is to the work of Acts 13. We pray this in your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.